This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's a happier dog walk this morning, isn't it? Um, not sure how long we're going to be. There's tractors and stuff going on everywhere. There's a pile of of what looks like feces in the uh, in the farmyard that's taller than a house and steaming, and I can smell it now, and it's in my beard. So I'm not sure if I'm going to get interrupted by tractors coming down the track, um, but I may do. Monday dog walk video is unusual. Usually Monday morning, like a dedicated son, uh, I ring my mum every Monday morning. This Monday morning is different, isn't it? Uh, because I have had multiple requests over the course of the weekend uh, for a dog walk video. And who wants to disappoint Lincoln City fans that in recent weeks have been starved of three points? Um, so I don't want to disappoint. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Lincoln City beating Sheffield Wednesday. And let's put it very much into context at the, the very start of the show. You might be listening uh, online um, on podcast later on you might be watching me uh in this kind of up and down you know screen that we're on at the moment which doesn't look great but it's easier for me with cold hands um but let's put this in context lincoln beating sheffield wednesday 3-1 on saturday doesn't mean that the people who were criticizing michael appleton last week are wrong it's their opinion one swallow doesn't make a summer. One sandwich doesn't make a picnic. One, uh, I was going to think of another one there, but I can't. So it's one game. Equally, you know, um, one defeat last week against Gillingham doesn't make us terrible. Doesn't mean that those people are right as well. Opinion is opinion. So those that were kind of coming online and saying, where are the Appleton haters now? Yeah, they're still there. And one result doesn't change where we are it pretty much puts me where puts us where i i i've been saying i think where i still think michael's the right man for the job i still think that saturday's performance demonstrates exactly what we can do demonstrates that we've got 
good players who, when they're in the the right positions and 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 are on it, can be anybody in this division at all. It doesn't cancel last week's result. It doesn't mean that the defeat against Gillingham doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't mean that the defeat against Gillingham didn't happen. But this is where we are. It's what we've kind of been saying all season. We we are this kind of big ball of inconsistency, and sometimes we we turn in the performances like Oxford and, um, and Sunderland and this one where you go, wow, this is a team that could go somewhere. And then we turn in performances like Doncaster and Gillingham and, and, and that kind of, it's like a pendulum swinging. And, and one week it swings towards people that are behind the manager or believe in the manager's um, philosophy and believe in what we're doing. And then it swings the other way and, and it'll prove to points to the people um, who, who don't believe in the philosophy or believe we should be doing things differently. Each result, no result changes that. The only thing in my mind that justifies either right or wrong, 46 games, 5th, 6th of May or whatever. If we're above that bottom four, in my opinion, this season, you know, we will have done well to pull it back round. The injuries that we had uh, sort of pre-Christmas, you know, I, th- I think had we not had such a severe injury crisis, had we not had to be starting, bear in mind, an 18-year-old who's now on loan kind of five five leagues below, and that's no disrespect to Freddie Draper, but had we had a starting centre-forward against Hartlepool and against Accrington and against Shrewsbury and against those teams that we really struggled at pre-Christmas, I think we'd be 10, 10 points better off now. I think, you know, you wouldn't be looking up or down. We'd basically be sat there going, right, what do we do for next season? Still, you know, if you watch a series and six episodes of crap, but one of them's brilliant. You talk about the one good episode. You enjoy the one good episode, even if the rest of it's crap. And so we enjoy... The, the win against Sheffield Wednesday and Michael said on the radio that the players you know they won't get to six o'clock he don't want to hear any more about it at all let me tell you they won't ignore it completely he's going to put that video on and go right here's what we did well um, and we did some great things we did some really sort of good things well on Saturday which pleased me and look I'm sure there's 28 of you watching live at the minute I'm sure amongst those 28 of you there's probably only one that might say thought we'd win that because nobody did I was asked my opinion a couple of times and it changed actually through the day when I first bumped into my old man I said oh, I think we'll probably get beat today and then saw my friend Roy in the in the cafe I said yeah we might we might get a draw here we might it's one of those days where we're going expecting nothing and and this Lincoln City turn up for those days Ipswich a couple of years ago when we played them at Sinsel Bank beating 5-3 we expected nothing Peterborough, New Year's Day, a couple of years ago, expected nothing. But to one, Michael Appleton's teams play well against big clubs. I think it's more to do with the way that we play. I think we play a certain type of football that that does well against clubs that try and play football against us. Um, I think that you know we we kind of we're set up to do that. And you know I'll come to to comments in a bit. But there's already a comment come in said that we're atrocious against those at the bottom, and and we are. And and I think that's what leads to fan frustration. If we were beating the teams at the bottom and those and losing to those above us, people would go, well, we are where we are. You know, we know that we're, we're better than this six or seven here and we just need to take that next step. But it's completely nonsensical to turn out the performance we did on Saturday, having come off the back of, you know, what was an utterly woeful performance the week before. So what did we do well? Well, we scored early. That was always going to be hugely important. Uh, to get the first goal, to not let Sheffield Wednesday score. Because in a game like that, more so than the week before, the crowd are a big factor. That's our biggest home crowd in the league since 1982. The biggest crowd at Sinsel Bank 
um, since we played Sunderland in the FA Cup second round, however many years ago, 1998-99 season, you know, best in 20 years. And it shows to me that we're still on the right trajectory, by the way. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we've opened up the, the ground, etc. But it's nice to still be able to pull 8,000 home fans in, uh, which was which was nice. But that that comes into play. And in a game like that, the crowd comes into play. If you can get one side of the crowd either a little bit edgy or just a little bit quieter, it does clearly affect the players. You know, I've, I've been lucky enough to stand on the pitch as poacher, as many of you know. OK, I didn't get the crowd. But you could sense some games where you know, the, the noise is phenomenal and, and we know it's loud in the stands, but it does affect you. It does. You know, I get nervous when I played squash and there was four or five people watching. So when you've got 10,000 and all that noise, you have to get that crowd on side. And it wasn't even the early goal that did it. It wasn't just the early goal and turned that round. It was the early effort from Fiorini. It was City at it straight away. Go for the jugular, and that's what we did. And and we haven't done that as much in recent weeks. We've we've, we've start well. We tend to start relatively well. Um, MK Dons, etc. But it was even more important with the big crowd. Good goal. Um, potentially, it was a, it was a good idea from the corner. Wasn't executed particularly well. Uh, but Morgan, Morgan Whitaker at least you know kind of got the ball across. Okay, mishit it, but even so. Um, it, it wound up in the back of the net and instantly that gave everybody belief. And all of that fear beforehand, all of that, we might draw, we might snatch something, we might do this, we might do that. Bingo, when you go 1-0 up after three minutes, you instantly have belief. And 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 you do, that's what a goal does. It's, you know, if you're, when San Marino, years ago, 93, I think, when San Marino scored early against um, against England in the World Cup qualifier, you know, when England ended up winning 7-1, but the moment they scored that goal, just for a second, the scoreboard says San Marino won England nil. It says, they can see one Sheffield Wednesday nil. You're leading. Wow. Now we're only 87 minutes from winning the game. And I think as soon as we got that early goal, put a real marker in the sand. What else did we do? Well, bounced back. So I thought actually in the first half, it was very, very even. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Wednesday, were, we dealt with them very well. They play some nice football. They've got good players. Barry Bannon, very good player. Uh, Luongo didn't really turn up. Marvin Johnson, decent player. Liam Palmer, you know, there's a handful of them that played really well um, and, and have got real quality in key areas. And Berahino, um, you know, a player who should have done much better with his career. So very, very good players. And I thought it was a decent half. I think events off the field kind of helped us a little bit because in moments where Sheffield Wednesday did have extended spells of possession the crowd didn't kind of get restless because there was something else going on you know the crowd the, the group of 10 or 15 right down in the corner causing trouble and giving it big big licks in as my dad would say kind of kept our, our focus everywhere kept that kind of it's a cup tie. I don't want to say cup tie because that suggests that this was our cup final. It was a big game. It wasn't our cup final. It was a big game. But it did have that kind of feel. And then, unfortunately, they scored. Look, we knew it was going to happen. Lincoln City don't keep clean sheets. Just like Joey doesn't share food uh, on Friends. Decent goal when you look at it. Um, I think Michael didn't. He tried very hard, didn't he, on the radio not to say, I'd have smashed him. But that's what he wanted to say. And if you listen to the interview back he goes if I was playing and then paused as if to say if I say here we would have smashed a player the FA might get get interested 
I'm not so sure there was that much opportunity. It's a really good run from Johnson, former Appleton protege at Oxford, um, playing now in his natural position. Mr. Hibbard tells me who, um, who I work with on a daily basis, former club media manager, says that he's improving massively, of course. Um, and you can certainly see why we were interested in him, which I think Jake has just commented. And it was an easy finish from Barahino. Um, but what I liked was it was a goal we conceded. I get it. I don't like that. Look at Joe Walsh, the desperate jump to try and reach the cross. It was a real desire. And I, I don't buy into the fact that there hasn't been desire in recent weeks. I don't think we've always seen it because the games have been much slower and it's been nine men to break down and we haven't been able to lift one over the top into the channels as we did for the second goal. It hasn't been a possibility. So, but it manifests itself or, you know, it seems it's perceived by supporters that we're not particularly interested as a, as a group of players. And I think that's wrong, but certainly, you know, you could see the passion, you could see the desire to get something from that game on Saturday. And I, I think that was typified even just in Walsh's last ditch kind of jump. I think by half time we were all a bit breathless, weren't we? And then, you know, even at that point, you sensed that it was, it's frustrating in a way because you think, why can't we do this every week? But the, the reason is teams don't set up against us differently every week. And, you know, every week we can't play the game that we want to play. And Michael says he sets up to try and win the game, not to stop the opposition playing. I respect that. Uh, because how would you stop Doncaster playing when they don't? What would you do to stop drilling and play and put a, a kind of a six foot ceiling right the way across the pitch? You couldn't. So sometimes it is, it, I understand that it is difficult, but this was a game where we were allowed to play our game. And we've got to find a way, I, I get it, we've got to find a way to to beat teams by playing our way that, 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 that want to stop us playing. But if a team doesn't want to stop us playing and they come to play their game and we go to play our game, you get a cracking game of football. Should be a cracking game of football tomorrow night. Second half thought we were outstanding, thought we did superbly limited them. Bear in mind they're shooting at their fans who I thought could have been louder in the second half. They were shooting at their fans. And I think Matt, who sits next to me, said to me, it's all set up for another winner at Stacey West End. Because that's what always happens, isn't it? Always happens. Seems to be. 70 minutes, ball goes in at the other end. Away fans cheer. And we sat there thinking, oh, for sake, not again. I remember I used to think it years ago when I used to stand at the DJ booth when I was poacher. And I used to stand there and watch the games. And number of times directly opposite when the away fans used to be in block one and, you know, a goal would go in and they'd all go up and I'd think, I'm getting sick of standing here looking at that block celebrating. I've been sick of sitting in my seat looking across at the Stacey West filled with 200, 600, 2,000 away fans celebrating in my ground. Like the place I go to when I want to forget everything that goes on in the world. It fucking hurts. It does. And it's done it all season. And you come away feeling like you've been kicked in the bollocks and the people that are around you, that your friends that you see every week are bickering because they all have different opinions. One doesn't like Regan Paul, the other thinks we should get it forward. One thinks we should sack Michael Appleton, the other thing, one thinks we should nosh him off. Do you know what I mean? It's just, oh, it's horrible. So when Regan Paul launched that ball down the line and it dropped to, to Tom, who was excellent, by the way, lovely to see Tom back. And he pulled it back and he saw Brooke coming in. And, and for a minute, you think, just cross it, boy, cross it. Get it in, the, get it in there. And, and whoa, what a finish. And it actually looks better on the replay because I was right. Kind of the angle I'm on, I was behind it. And I kind of thought that it was a daisy cutter and across the grass. And it was, it was a wonderful measured strike. And that moment, that moment when it's us celebrating, 
when everybody around me, nobody cares, you know, whether it's get it forward because we've done it. They might not like Regan Paul, but he's played the ball. Tom Hopper doesn't do enough. Apparently for a lot of people, he's put, oh, what a moment. What a moment. And then it's belief. And do you know what the belief was for me? Belief that we're not going to lose. It's awful, isn't it? But at 2-1, I thought, fucking 2-2 will be a great result. Be a brilliant, brilliant result. And it would. And then cometh the hour, cometh the man. How many throw-ins have we wasted? Not this one. Conor McGrandall's assist. John Marcus energised from his earlier goal. 3-1. And then it's just Wonderland. And do you know what? This game, more than any other from this season, and obviously from last season, by the way, because we weren't in the ground, by the Sunderland playoff game, this game will stand out. It will. Because of the size of the opposition. Yeah, sure. Sure. Sheffield Wednesday are a massive club. People of a certain age will argue they're bigger than Sunderland. People of a more extreme vintage will probably argue, not recent years, maybe not, but they're comparable. For me, this is a Premier League team. Eight years, I think, spent in the Premier League, so probably not as much as you you would think, but they're a big, big club. I remember watching them in League Cup finals, FA Cup final, FA Cup semi-finals. Sheffield Wednesday were a big club, big players. David Hurst, Lee Chapman, join a big, big club. Des Walker was there, I think. Chris Woods. So it matters, that matters. But it's not just that. It's not just who we played. It's what we did. It's the way we did it. It's, it was all that misery last week. I was dreading going to the game. I was, I admit. It bothers me. It affects me. I can't just go and enjoy the football and come away going, oh, it was a good day ruined by football. Right. Football is the day. I had a great day last week. I got pissed up because I was drunk before a little bit before the game, massively after I could forget about it. But when you come back to the cold, harsh light of day and you look at the highlights, it's like, how have they beaten us? Now, and I'd say no disrespect to Gillingham, but it is disrespect to Gillingham. Do you know what I mean? I don't like what they do. We did it for ages. So it's, I'm a hypocrite, but I've always been a self-confessed hypocrite. But it was just Monday and Tuesday and you're waking up and the internet's full of Appleton out and we're doing something wrong and let's go long. And you know, he ain't going to because you know, he won't, won't go back on his principles because he believes his principles are the right way to do things. And it was shown on Saturday that in instances they are. You know, and if you start taking away and degrading your own plan, then what are you? you? You've got to have an identity as a club. We do, and it doesn't always work, but you stick to that identity. And you look at Forest Green, you know, they were playing out from the back a lot a couple of seasons ago and getting absolutely annihilated for it. Top of the league now. MK Dons last season, football with no purpose. I remember we beat them 4 one nil, didn't we? And everyone's going, oh, I'd rather watch our football than their football. They're going nowhere. OK, they've changed their manager, but they stick to their philosophy. Where are they now? Because they tweaked it and changed it. And I see the... I, I see what Michael's trying to do. I do. I see it. And we've all seen it now on Saturday. And I know when I go through the comments in a minute, there'll be people kind of... People saying, why can't we do it every week? There'll be people saying, you need to mix it up against Doncaster. You need to do this. You need to do that. We need to make find a way to make our style win football games we should win. That's what we need to do. I think the 3-5-2, whatever you want to call it, could work. I think that was more with... um more with an idea of giving our midfielders time on the ball and a bit of protection, if I'm honest. I think, yeah, at times without Liam Bridcut, Conor McGrandles has looked a little bit isolated, especially when we've played him with a, you know, like a Chris Maguire and Liam Cullen and he's been the only midfielder on the pitch. And, and it's a conversation I've had with my mate Pete. Um, 
our midfielder sometimes look like it doesn't have a way of playing. And before the game, I don't don't want to blow my own trumpet. That's a Fiorini in for this one. He's he's too good a player to keep on the bench. And we need proper central midfielders. The team's got to have a midfield. And and one thing Roy said to me before the game, he said, you know, if we give, get Barry Bannon the freedom of the pitch, we'll get annihilated. And we didn't do that. We had a presence in midfield. Conor McGrandles was able to roam forward when he needed to, but he knew that there's three centre-backs kind of behind. So if he does get caught, it's not a, a, a two-on-two situation or something like that. And there was times when the centre-backs drove forward. Joe Walsh made one run, I remember, right away to the edge of the, the 18-yard area of the opposition. But when he's done that, it means that there isn't just one central defender kind of hanging back thinking, uh-oh, I'll get overloaded here. Somebody else is there. I liked that. They give the wing-backs more freedom. And look, you give Brooke Norton Cuffey licence to go forward, the boy's going to take it. I mean, he's, he's a good, good footballer. But Morgan Whitaker's a good footballer. If you're thinking he's not, it's your opinion, but he is. Swansea wouldn't have bought him from Derby if he wasn't. Michael wouldn't have gone all in to try and get him if he wasn't. He's got ability. He's got talent. thought he had a very good game, actually, on Saturday. Not bad for a right winger at left, left wing-back. Played very, very well. Got back on occasion um, when he needed to. But with the three at the back, you've got that protection. And look, the three at the back is something that I've kind of always hoped that we might go to. I mean, I'm, maybe that's Keith Alexander, the Keith Alexander years in me. You know, when we had Weaver and Morgan and Futcher at the back, and we were impenetrable, conceded fewer league goals that season, I think, than any time till the beginning of the 80s. And I like it. It gives your fullbacks a little bit of license. And when you look at the fullbacks that we have, Regan Paul's more of a defensive fullback, in my opinion. But you look at Bramall, almost certainly. You look at Brooke Norton Coffee, almost certainly. TJ, very, very good as a, as a, a kind of a rampaging right wing, but I played Harry Anderson there last season. Um, I think that we've got the players to do that. And you just, okay, you're a little more defensive. A little more defensive. But if you're not overloading the attacking areas with five, six players, then there might be a little bit more space just to make those runs. Necessary, it's not necessarily the case that the more forward you put on the pitch, the more goals you score. Too many cooks spoil the broth. And I think we've seen that against the likes of Doncaster, for instance, when you've got you know Maguire and, and correct me if I'm wrong, so I might have the team wrong here, but you've got Maguire and Whitaker and Scully and Marcus and, and then Hopper and Cullen to come in. And We've got some good attacking players, but you've got to get them in the right blend and you've got to back them up correctly and you know, I think the three-five-two does that, and also it will suit if we want to go with a kind of a two-holding or two more kind of a defensive-minded midfielders. It might be Las Sorensen's route back in. Um, almost certainly will suit Liam Bridcott when he comes in, and then Conor McGrandles can push further forward. We saw what it did with Luis Fiorini. I'm going to come on to him in a minute. And as for the strikers, remember this is two and a half training sessions. Michael said we'd had, um, which is interesting, I think, in itself. Uh, but also, yeah. It's only the second full game that John Marcus and Tom Hopper have played together. I didn't see evidence of them having a great partnership on Saturday. I saw evidence of us having twice the work rate in the attacking box as we normally have. Everyone in the last couple of weeks has praised John Marcus's work rate. He runs, he drops deep, he comes out wide. It's exactly what Tom Hopper's been doing during, during his entire Lincoln City stay. Dropping deep out wide, fighting, winning headers. Now you've got two. So when you have that one player, when you have Tom suddenly pops up on the right wing, like he did with the Brook Norton Cuffey goal, 
he pops up there. That ball comes back to Norton Cuffey. Now, usually that's a cross. It was a great hit, but often it's a cross. And last season, the complaint was when that's a cross, Tommy's then out on the right-hand side and he's not in the middle. And you know, that was a criticism. But now when you've got two strikers doing a similar thing, if it was a cross, John Marquis is in the middle. I'm, I'm probably kind of you know showing my own football uh, tactic preference here. But two up top is football for me. I'm not a fan of one up top. Not at all. And how, how many times, even when we won the league title, uh, even when we won League Two, people saying how isolated um, John Akindi looked. All the time, he looks isolated. He looks alone. You want to get the best out of a striker, put somebody with him. You do. And actually, in this 3-5-2, I mean, okay, John Marcus is, is a goal scorer. Five goals in, in what, just over two months is, is a very, very good return. Um, but it's a sort of a, sort of the setup where you can have one running off. Charlie Kendall is doing very well at Eastbourne. Borough, let's not get carried away. He's a couple of divisions below. But a lot of people are predicting big things for him. You need him in a two. He's got to play in a two because of the... He kind of drops off players. He's, he's very quick. He looks to get in behind. Um, so you play him off a Marquis or off a, a Hopper. You know, Ben House, I think, the, the type of player that Eastley fans suggest he is. Bustling puts himself about. It's just better in a two. You know, if you're playing as a one, you've got to have pace, you've got to have power, you've got to hold the ball up. You've got you just, For me, there's so much you've got to do. So two up top, love it. Absolutely love it. And we had a presence. You know, plenty of efforts at goal against one of the best teams in the division. And they are. And and that's not me blowing smoke up their ass because we beat them and try and make us look good. You know, Sheffield Wednesday are probably one of, let's say one of the best teams in the division, top seven. You'd expect them with their players to finish in the top seven. And sometimes I wonder if... No disrespect to Darren Moore. Maybe it's the manager holding them back a little bit. Certainly, if you speak to Wednesday fans over the beginning of the season with you know Theo Corbino, who went to MK Dons, kind of wasn't playing, and you think, wow, he's a superb player. Marvin Johnson has been playing out of position, and he shows what he does when he plays in position. And you know they've, they've had a lot of injuries as well. To be fair to them, and I think at a, you know full strength to be even better. So I think that's that's dissected it really. I mean, I really I do want to come on to Luis Fiorini, um, and then I'll go on to to your comments, because as I said before the game, I wanted Luis Fiorini. In. I like the lad. I, I think he's he's got such talent, but what he has, he just drifts in and out, not of games but of form. And there was a time we went and we we beat Cambridge. Um, and he scored at the bank. I can't remember who it was against. Might have been Plymouth. I might be wrong. And I thought, Joe Morrell. You know, he's doing everything that Joe Morrell would do, but with he's just got that kind of top flight poise and grace. Because Morrell was a scrapper. And then Fiorini disappeared. And then he came back in and he did very, very well, but he missed a chance against MK Dons and people were on his back a little bit. And he disappeared again. But he came in on Saturday, he was outstanding. Outstanding. And bear in mind, we talk about him doing well against Cambridge. He actually came, only came on as a sub in that game. It was at the very beginning of his, his kind of imps career. So I don't think there's any doubt it was his best game from the off in a Lincoln shirt. No doubt whatsoever. Um, I liked him, I think, having the protection behind him. I think he played with a little bit more freedom having the three. And, and, and Conor McGrandles as well. He got forward. He found a little pockets of space in front of the back, the back four, or rather the back three or five, Sheffield Wednesday, depending on where you want to put it. 
Um, and I think that he is a player who could or help could be key to unlocking the lower clubs. And you know, they're the big three games for for me: Fleetwood, Crew, and um, oh, who are the others? crew at our place, Fleetwood, Wimbledon, exactly, Wimbledon. For me, you win those three games, we're on 38 points now, you win those three games, you're on 47 points, you beat three relegation rivals, you only really need to pick up one more win, a couple of draws, you know, 50 points, arguably, and we'll do more, we, we should do more than that, but you win those three games, and you open up, certainly over Fleetwood, what is it, a five-point gap now with Fleetwood, you open that to an eight-point gap. Wimbledon, you open that to however many points. They're, they're the big games. They're the games we've got to win. You know, and, the, and the, the worrying thing is that they're the games we're more likely to lose. But we'll know more in, you know, in 10 days' time when we've played Rotherham and Ipswich and Wimbledon. You know, I could be here talking to you in eight days, uh, nine days' time. So it could be the Wednesday morning. And you know, we could be already on that kind of 40-odd point mark, 40 seven point mark or we could be on 38 points and we could be dragged right back into it and and this this whole conversation this whole Sheffield Wednesday weren't we brilliant will be gone just as it was when we beat Sunderland and Oxford you know this dissipates very quickly and don't I don't get me wrong I don't think we're going to want to run now I don't think you're going to see Lincoln City winning three four on the bounce point tomorrow night be great something at Wimbledon it's another must not lose I take I'll be honest I'd probably take four points from the next three games I would get us on 42, beat Wimbledon, draw with one or rather a minute, switch, lose the other, and that would be all right. But it's how you get those four points. Lose to Wimbledon, beat Rotherham, draw to Ipswich, and actually you think, oh, I still can't beat the smaller clubs again. Football. As one famous striker who was broken by an injury in World Cup 66 said, it's a funny old game. It is a funny old game. Certainly had me laughing on Saturday. Right, let's have a look at some of your comments. Blake Hutchinson, morning, Gary, still buzzing from Saturday's performance. You might be able to tell that I am too, my friend. Jack Richardson, morning, guys. Nice to wake up on a Monday and be able to look at myself in the mirror. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I haven't looked at myself in the mirror. You're seeing me now for the first time. Um, well, not for the first time. You've seen me before, but for the first time today, somebody's casting eyes on me. There's no fee. So if there's a hair out of place, my apologies. Brian Rundle, morning, mate. Grey skies, murky, cold. What a great day to reflect on Saturday. 100%, yeah, it is a bit chilly out here as well. Morning, Bob. Hope you are, my friend. Sorry I couldn't stay and uh, chat to you properly in the fan zone. I Bob's turned up and I had to shoot off. I was with the kids from the Priory Academy on uh, Saturday. Incidentally, twice I've brought the Priory Academy kids, or I've been part of the project that brings the Priory Academy kids down to the ground. Um, tickets provided by the club, by the way. Very, very gracious of them. Those kids have seen six Lincoln City goals in two games. One was 3-2 against Burton. Kev Green, we had a quick chat outside the ground, didn't we, Kev? Massive result. What a difference a week makes. Agreed with you, Fiorini, man of the match. Brian Fox. Uh, saw Brian Boxing Day when we were, again, started well, didn't we, that day? Played well in the first half, awful in the second. Morning, mate. Brian Rundle, Fiorini, man of the match for me on Saturday. Every time he got the ball, you could sense the excitement of what he was going to do. And that's what you expect from a, a Premier League loan player coming into the side. You do. I don't... People were talking about like, our loans being flops. I don't think Fiorini has been massively, not massively, not been the success that I think we'd had with certain loan players last season. Actually, over the course, if he, if he, if that's him now till the end of the season, I'd go as far as to say that he could have the same impact as Morgan Rogers did. 
because I think Rogers and with uh, Rogers and Johnson are erroneously put together. I think that you know over the course of the season, bear in mind Johnson only came in in the January. The, the impact from the two was very very different. Kate. Jackson, morning, Gary. It's absolutely mental that we do so well against the bigger promoter chasing sides, but are atrocious against those at the bottom. Not that it'll matter as long as we finish 20th or above. Do you know what, Kate? You and I don't always agree on things. Charlie, not that. There's a big turd there. Go on, press on. Um, we don't always agree on things. I agree with you on that. And I think Kev Barwise, who was also watching, I don't know if he is now, said earlier in the season I'd take 20th, and I kind of thought, a bit defeatist. I'm with you now. I'd take 20th, reset, go again. Connor Pierce, good morning, Gary. Atmosphere in the crowd helped help. Definitely the 12th man. Yeah, it was. I think the whole atmosphere just was conducive to it. It was conducive to a fight. If you're the home side, you can't turn up on your biggest home game, home uh, attendance, league attendance in 40 years and not turn up. Kate says, I think we've historically performed poorly and decided to end up getting relegated. Might make a decent article to look at our records. I think Cal is the only recent managers with winning records against relegated teams. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. I, I remember struggling against many, many teams. I mean, it's certainly been Michael's Achilles heel. You think of South End a couple of years ago, who we went there and lost. Um, last season, Rochdale turned us over at our place and were relegated. Bristol Rovers beat us at home, relegated. Swindon, I think it was 2-2 at our place, relegated. So, yeah, and I think it just go back further. And I don't really know what that is. Because if you start taking managers out of it, you know, if you go back before Danny and, and Nicky and you go to other teams and you start going further and further back, then it's got to be a, a, a crowd mentality thing because we're the only constants. Interesting. I might look into it if I get time. Mr. Paul. Morning, Gary. Hope all is with, uh, all is good with you. What performance? I did say I had a feeling in the fan zone. Yeah, I know. I thought that was medical, though, Paul. Uh, to a man, what an effort. Jake Tong. Happiest man in the world, Mr. Tong. Morning, guys. Hope you are, mate. You can definitely see why we were interested in Johnson. That's Marvin Johnson, not Brennan Johnson. Cracking run for their goal. However, we deserve to win it, given opportunities for both sides. Great atmosphere, and we need more days like that. They don't come along lot very often. That's why when I did the article about us beating them 3-1 in 78, people piled on it. Because these are the days. In 20 years' time, you'll look back to that season, and you'll think, which season was that? Ah, oh, the season we beat Sheffield Wednesday, 3-1. You will. It's the high point. Memories work in a funny way. You remember the very high. You remember the very low. The run of the mills. Now, if I asked you now who scored our goals against Charlton earlier in the season, scratch your head. If I ask you in 20 years' time who got the goals against Sheffield Wednesday when we beat them 3-1 at the bank, they'll roll off the tongue like that. Just as they do for those that were there 40 years ago or 44 years ago. They go, oh, there was the Alan Jones stunner at the end. The pegs, memory pegs. Lee Curtis, isn't it nice to have something, some positivity on a Monday morning? Oh, yes, it is, Lee. 100%. Mr. Rundle, he's getting a bit like Cornell, isn't he? He's coming in all the time. The best thing I saw on Saturday was the resilience from the team on Wednesday equalised. No heads down, perfect attitude. 100%. And that was my worry when they scored. Here we go again. Here we go again. Good work, Lincoln City, undone. It reminded me a little bit of Shrewsbury. We won the up against Shrewsbury. Could have been more up. They equalised and then it's... Oh, here we go. MK Dons, 2-1 up. They equalised. Only one team ever going to win it. Really enjoyed the fact that I think within 
five minutes of them equalising, we'd been at the other end and had an opportunity. And that hadn't happened. Even Sunderland, when we were playing Sunderland at their place, and they pulled one back, and then they were straight on it. Bolton pulled one, uh, went uh, what two one up or whatever, and then we're, they were straight on it or equalised and went straight on it. it. Was do you know what I mean? Crazy, crazy. That mentality, I liked that. Kept Stone. I predicted we'd win on Saturday, but a genuine question. Do you think the fact that we can be at it for the bigger games but don't do it for the smaller, lesser teams could be seen as criticism of MA's management skills? As it has to be the manager who motivates and inspires us in those games. Um, I get the point. I, I think it's more to do with the way teams set up against us. I really do. I think it's. I don't think that the players as a collective are not up for games. Yeah, there are clearly games this season where you've seen certain players seemingly not up for it. Hakeem Delican at Morecambe, an obvious one. Morgan uh, Whitaker, was it the Doncaster game? The Bolton game. And, and you look at them and you think that's reflective of the whole team. And it often isn't. They might, one player might not be at it on a certain day and the rest of the players are kind of, it's, it's more pedestrian. It's more pedestrian because, as I said, Regan Paul can't loft the ball into the channel when the channel's got four blue shirts in it. And sometimes that is perceived, I think, as a as the team not being at it. We weren't at it at Gillingham as a collective, I get that. But I think a sweeping statement to say, you know, are we unable to get up for it against lesser teams? I don't know. I thought Morecambe we were, for instance, but we were edgy and nervy. Every game, I keep saying it's like the episode of a series and every single one's different. Steve Barton, morning, Gaz. Morning, mate. Good to see you on Saturday. Mr. Gray, spot on. As always, we got what we deserve, but this time it was a credit to us and great to watch. Yeah, you do get what you deserve in football. And do you know what? If we were to finish this season 21st and somebody said we don't deserve to go down, we be wrong. Because over 46 games, results dictate that there'd be, you know, 20 teams better than you. So you deserve what you do, deserve what you get. There are factors. There are factors for where we are now. But you get what you deserve, largely. Kate says, I get the feeling if we win on Saturday, that's Wimbledon. That's us near enough, but not fully safe. At worst, it leaves eight points clear of the drop zone with games in hand against all of the bottom four and less than 10 less for most of them. Glad it's in our own hands after a terrible run. Yep, it was in our own hands in 2010-11 just to do what I hate doing and draw a comparison against a, uh, a, a, a season that it has no real comparison with, but there we go. Uh, Mr. Keneally, morning, my friend. Love sweary, guys. My apologies for that. Performance excellent, atmosphere excellent, Appleton excellent. On to Ipswich. Richard Godson, I think it was his birthday over the weekend, I might have seen. If it was, happy birthday, sir. Morning, Gary. I'd be... Been hoping you'd take the dog for a walk today. It struck me on Saturday that I was watching the Lincoln City of last season where boldness and daring reaped rich dividends. I think so. And I think actually, when you look at it, the Lincoln of last season just had to play fewer teams than came to defend. I think away teams didn't do that as much last season because there was no crowds. Home and away, the advantage was taken away. There wasn't as many teams kind of came to defend. The ones that did got their result. Fleetwood, Rochdale, Bristol Rovers, you know, even uh, Swindon got the draw last season. So, yeah, we lost games last season at home. But you're right. I think we were seeing the attack-minded Lincoln. And once or twice, we haven't seen that in games that we should have done. Bolton, for instance, although we played very well, or played, played well, sorry, we still lost. So, yeah, perhaps so. Uh, Mr. Barwise, I knew he was watching Morning Gary. Well, what a weekend. A Fiorini masterclass, spoken like a true blue. Appleton proving me wrong. 
it's yeah, I, I get. I think again, it doesn't prove anything at the weekend, but I, I think it's just a statement that what we've been seeing recently is not particularly the norm. That was one of the best in football league performances and results in my lifetime, considering the size quality of the opposition. Yeah, it's a big statement. Big statement. You remember Kev saw games in the early 80s when we were bang on it, top of the table, all that sort of thing. So that's massive. Lester Button, morning, mate. I love your raw passion and the way you have absolutely nailed all of our thoughts and beliefs. Thank you very much, Lester. Martin Gray. Hi, Gary. Surely not going back to playing. Surely not going back to the playing at the back all the time. It's the first time he's tweaked tactics and it worked. Yeah, I still think we play out from the back. We do. It's what we do. And if we hadn't played out from the back, Regan Paul doesn't put the ball in for Tom Hopper. I like to see it mixed a little bit. I think when you're under pressure, if you just conceded and the, uh, the opposition are a lot higher pressing on you, then that's the time probably to move it forward. And I think we're more likely to move it forward quickly to Marcus and Hopper because the ball's more likely to stick to them. Jake Tom, I think that could have been Fiorini's best performance in a City shirt. that has gone on the sidelines, loving the world of good, winning the ball early and popping that shot helped his confidence. Yep, confidence is a big, big thing. Sorry, these comments going on forever. My apologies. Uh, Chris and Kev are having a mank discussion, which we shall skip. Mr. Clack, whole team seem fired up and alive. Need this every week, though, not just for the Giants. I think we need it for every week, 100%. I still, I think we were fired up against the likes of Doncaster. But you know, when, when teams like Doncaster and Gillingham slow the pace of the game, I think it's hard for us them to kind of lift it ourselves. That's what we need to be able to do. Mr. Hoy, amazing performance and result. Best of teams like Wednesday isn't our issue. Good, because we've got more of them to play coming up. Robert Haddon, morning, Gary. Lovely day. Newick Saturday was great. I think that's Tony the Tiger from Frosty's advert. Mr. Jollins, let's hope they can get a result tomorrow and push on. The fans are so important to create that sphere every week. Yes. Get a result tomorrow, 41 points going into Wimbledon. Oh, it'd be a great position to be in. Not get beat tomorrow and just kind of go up, keep a clean sheet, nil nil draw. That would be massive because then that would be another kind of threshold pass. Gail Hebden says just what we needed. And last of all, Mr. Andrew James Thomas Robinson. Morning, Gary. Great weekend. What a difference a win makes it was. Look, thank you for sticking with me on this one. Um, I'd make no apologies for being excited and a bit sweary and a bit happy and a bit over the moon because we haven't had that opportunity. It won't make a difference to how some people feel about the manager. I understand that. And nor should it. One result, one performance is one of 45 the grand scheme of things, it reinforces my belief that Mike Clapperton is doing the right things the right way. It just doesn't always work out, and that's that's what we've got to figure out and how to get around it. It reinforces my belief that Lincoln City are not in the four worst teams in this division not by a long, long way. And I've said this before, and I shall hopefully not have to say it too much again, but it's been a worrying couple of weeks. Just think now we're looking up rather than down. And if we can keep ourselves tacked into that little mini table, which is Charlton and Shrewsbury, you know, just vying for 14th, 15th or 16th or whatever we're vying for, and we can leave the others down there, eight, five, nine, I don't care how many points adrift of us. Come August, I still have belief in this Lincoln City team. That proves it. Whatever happens tomorrow night, whatever happens through till May, whatever happens next season, we always have the day we beat Sheffield Wednesday, 3-1 at Sinsel Bank again. Thanks for watching, listening. Take care. Cheers. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. 
perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.